Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. This is, yeah, that's right. It's Woot leading in. Welcome back, Woot. Thanks, Woot. Hey, man. <laughs> What's going on, Why? All right. It'd be uh, an interesting podcast if it was just you talking to yourself as I two I could different do it. people. I think I'd, that would, I'd do it in a way that, you know, have two completely different personalities, though. The uh, Schizophrenia podcast. Yeah, it'd be, I'd do a whole Golem Smeagol thing out of Lord of the Rings. Wow. There you go. Be, uh, Starting nerdy. Starting nerdy. Very nerdy. Uh, congrats on uh, your engagement party on uh, Saturday night. Yep. Had a wowzer of a time. Uh, apologies for being late. Yeah, uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I Emma was late spelled congratulations own. wrong on the uh, card. So About four people did say. So oh, really? Ones. Yeah. What was the number one error? Um, congrad. Yeah, that's exactly what Emma so did. So, congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I had to stop off at Coles someone, someone and, uh, said pick up a card. Dear Josh, and you know, and it was dear D double and I was wow. like, awesome, cool. Don't have a pet deer, but sweet. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Name um, and shame. Arancini balls. Rock solid. Deep fried knocky. Rock solid. Nice. Didn't look or taste like that. No. You wouldn't know it was. They look like giant Cheetos. They did. They yeah. just look like sp- just thick cheese sticks. Oh, like God. like oh, bigger stringers. Uh. Merlot, also the big winner on the night, purchased a few bottles with uh, my man Nixon. There you go. Uh, we uh, we definitely, definitely uh, provided plenty of income to the established venue. Yeah. I don't know about you when you were doing your speech, but it was just like... Oh, yeah. Were you, you just like... You were a wreck. Yeah. I, I was a wreck too. My voice just started quivering. Yeah, you just... But it was like, I'm talking and I'm just like, all right. I know no one cares about this. No one actually saying, wants to hear But you this. have to do it because it's have, part of the formality. I know. Then someone, halfway through it, does a mad burnout in their car. And I covered. That was your ju- best part. I covered it and just went, yeah. Did you pay that guy 20 afterwards? Yeah, no, he got the text. Is that all he got part? the text yeah. to do it, yeah. All right, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, I'm no, stuttering. You don't want to save all the good stuff for the... You don't want to use all your good material no. at the engagement party. You you don't do it. You don't. You, you save it for the main event. Yeah. I'm, that's why I'm kind of glad uh, the Mrs. Dad didn't um, ruin the whole story about how we met because people don't know that story in depth. Uh, but I also feel like he only gave certain bits that made it very confusing and misleading. Yeah, and made me sound like I'd follow her into a dark yeah, alley. Yeah, it's very, very creepy. Yeah. But, uh, he was quite a good public speaker though I'll give him that oh, I mean he does it a lot yep. so he's fine there we go uh, congrats to the Golden State Warriors for winning the NBA title uh, thoughts on that in, on that series um, yeah just the comeback wouldn't happen no. it, it is the, the, the team they have assembled is incredible it is the definition it's, of a super it's team it's pretty much the men's Olympic team yeah without LeBron yeah it's pretty, pretty much it so uh, pretty crazy but it's pretty nuts that LeBron averages a triple double and loses four like, one. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. Uh, and it's like there needs to be just like a an award for the person that really deserves it, but you know just doesn't get it. It seems to always be LeBron. LeBron just you can't just carry your team and not be recognized for it. Like it's yeah. just hand the man the Peyton Manning award for just carrying a franchise. <laughs> Uh, and then right. not getting anywhere. Yeah. Penguins uh, win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I yeah. really wanted Game 7. Just couldn't get there. I feel really sorry for the, the Predators. Like They came from nowhere, really. Yeah. Plus, they're not getting anything out of the Titans in the next decade, are they? <laughs> sorry. Slam. Slam. Zing. Really got you. No, mm. not really. I, the Titans are assembling quite a good team. I so. Really? They're the Dark Horse. They c- can they be the... T- oh, they can't. They're in AFC South. Yeah, it's too hard. Damn. Uh, all right. So on today's show, we've got Neil Dutton from Rotoviz and Fantasy Pros. Recently verified on Twitter. So geez, they're just verifying anybody now. Yeah, and not verifying the, you know, the real credible sources. Yeah, this is just insane. Um, and yeah, so we're going to talk to him about some... Uh, Potential risers and fallers up, uh, you know, uh, NFL fantasy draft boards, 
over the next month as training camp, mini camps, and OTAs sort of hit. And then we're going and we're also going to talk some NFL news. Before we get into that, anything else? Nothing. Let's do it. All right, the Ravens signed wide receiver Jeremy Macklin to a two-year, $11 million contract. Just for a bit of perspective, the Bears gave Marcus Wheaton pretty much the exact same deal with $11 million over two years and $6 million guaranteed. So pretty good work by, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, pretty good job by Aussie Newsom and the, uh, and the Ravens this late in free agency to just uh, get Jeremy Macklin on Marcus Wheaton money. Uh, who would you rather? <laughs> Uh, no. Who no. would you rather, Meg Ryan or Jack Nicholson? <laughs> Jack Nicholson now or no? Definitely Macklin. This is uh, unbelievable. The, the the Bears just the Bears. You know, no, the, don't, the, we're the Bears, deviating. I, I, to be honest, deep down inside myself, I hope the Bears know something we don't. And Glennon and Wheaton just ball out, and everyone's like, Tats. "I'm more holding out hope for Trubisky." Like I, we love to slam that trade up, and it's fun, and and it was it crazy, and they did get swindled. But if in ten years from now Trubisky is a top fifteen quarterback, that no one's going to care about that yeah. trade. And like, ever since the eighties, the Bears have just gone by the wayside. Really, everyone's just like, you know, we miss the eighty five Bears. I mean, it's <laughs> Move on. I hear that. I hear that all the time. Yeah, but. You know, they had all this money, and then they signed bums at wide receiver. We, we laughed at their depth chart at wide receiver last week, but let's not laugh at the Ravens now adding Jeremy Macklin, who will, uh, you know, play a lot of routes in the slot for them, give them an additional, you know, uh, target, I guess, for Joe Flacco, other than Mike Wallace and Brashad Perriman. After ignoring it in the draft, they didn't take any play with uh, any skill skill position player Did I stutter? Uh, in the draft and now uh, Macklin lands in probably an ideal landing spot for a guy that can uh, get as many snaps as possible in, in regards to being a starter yeah uh, I mean it's pretty much the ideal location for him it's good yep um, I don't we, know I don't know if he's going to be he's not going to be used as the stretch the field guy so that's that's good I, f- I feel like he was kind of he was expected to do too much in a Chiefs offense yep especially considering Alex Smith doesn't throw deep. So yeah, it's just I think he's more the, you know, in the, in the slot and the intermediate. Leave Mike Wallace to be the deep threat. He, yeah. He's still... Oh, a, well, I mean, Perriman is... As well. Yeah. But Wallace was sneaky good last year. I feel like people overlook how good he was. I feel like Flacco was more the reason that they were struggling last year rather than Mike Wallace. But um, it could definitely be the other way around this year in terms of, you know, Flacco's another year removed from his injury. So he... Bit, bit more fluid in his mechanics and, and footwork and things like that. Anyways, moving on. The Chargers signed franchise player, defensive end Melvin Ingram to a four-year, $66 million contract. $42 million of it guaranteed. Um, it's pretty much the exact same deal that Chandler Jones got from the uh, Cardinals. So the Chargers now, they have Joey Bosa and Ingram under control through 2020. They're changing their defense to 4-3 under Gus Bradley, and they have both their defensive ends now locked up uh, until 2020. That's exciting for them, um, considering that the you know the opposing team in the same city has you know Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn. Maybe they need to step aside. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram can rival the production. Uh, I mean, that's the dream for the Chargers if they can rival the production of those two. Yep. There, they'd be laughing. But no, I, I do like what they're doing. They're they're doing it, you know, in a in a safe way, I feel. And, like, they've got Gus Bradley there now who I I just don't... Like, someone of his mind I don't question in that capacity as a defensive coordinator. I feel like that's... <laughs> you know, he's he's got his... He can focus on what he's good at. And, like, I think... And it's not as if the Jags' defense was bad last year. That wasn't the reason. No, of course not. And I feel like, you know, if he was in charge now, I think... Like, I've, I, I, feel, I still feel bad for him and the whole Jags situation. But anyway, yep. moving on. Yeah, I think I think what they've done there is good. I think they're they're establishing you know long term starters, getting some you know kind of regularity. And Bosa and Ingram are both good, high quality players. So I think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about the secondary still. I, like they're healthy, but 
And uh, there's still questions there for me. Jason Verrett still hasn't finished a season. Yeah. He's, he's well, ended we up on so, We were so high on them last year. And we like, I still love them. Awesome. I'm doubling down on my love still again. I, I, I know I got burned last year, but I don't care. I love their, I love their roster. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Eddie Lacy's met his June weight target coming in at under 250 pounds. So he nets another 55,000 every time he hits his target. So... Uh, Looks like uh, he's closing in on what they want him to be at. He wants him. They want him at two hundred and forty-five for the regular season. So, uh, looks like he's he's on well on track. He's taking his condition conditioning as seriously as ever. Um, do you know what he's going to buy with all that money? Pizza, cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't buy into it. I mean, I know he he's losing his weight, but he did it last year and he did it the year before. I feel like it's just, it's just mm. I don't care. He, do you reckon he does the uh, the old jockey? You know, eat a lot of, eat a lot of the best food, and then in the lead up to the weigh-in, he's just in a sauna for forty-eight hours. Yeah, I really do. I feel that's exactly how he goes about it. I just think he, I reckon he has a bad game, and then he, you know, eat cries and just goes into a little he bit. He prays of, love. There you go. <laughs> Father, what's your opinion on saunas? I don't get them. Yeah, I I don't get them either. I um. I don't hate the smell though. <laughs> unbelievable. It's a weird smell, but it's kind of nice. But yeah, I don't like it too much, though. I I can't last long in there. Yeah, I get really either. thirsty. I don't understand how people can just sit in there without water bottles. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I'm not a huge really fan. cold water in a sauna. Do you prefer a sauna or a spa? You know what though? Saying that, uh, that no, I was going to say something that would just <laughs> I would have never lived down. Okay. <sighs> no, oh all right. No, it's not coming back. Damn, out. I really wish we got that out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these like puff pieces as well, saying like, "Oh, Eddie Lacy's making so much money off weight loss." But if he was appropriately sized to begin with, he would have got more guaranteed money from a team, and he would have saved more money on food expenditure. Yes. Finally, <laughs> 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 <It's quite> <laughs> although eating healthy is expensive, I will say. Have you seen the price of kale? It's oh, unbelievable. And tastes like team broccoli for and life. It tastes like yeah, absolute us. garbage. Yeah, all right, uh, moving on. Lions coach Jim Caldwell doesn't expect left tackle Taylor Decker to miss the entire season. He's got a four- to six-month timetable from his surgery, making him a uh, pup candidate to miss, you know, the first six weeks and possibly return after Detroit's Week 7 bye. It's it's a huge blow because Decker, we just touched feet under the table. I don't want to um, say anything because yeah, we're professionals. Very did, did you? Um <laughs> <laughs> you weren't reading at the time. Uh, it's it's a huge blow because Decker obviously was really great for them. Day one starter at left tackle and lived up to it. But now they've got Tony Hills and Joe Dahl pl- possibly playing at left tackle. That's not doesn't bode well for a team that's spent a lot of capital in terms of trying to rebuild their O-line. Now you've got some new combinations and things that's going to really hurt their running game. Josh... It will hurt the running game. It'll hurt every aspect, but I don't like. I don't know what to say about it. They're in a bad position now. They're really screwed. Like, I know. <laughs> there's I nothing just, else. I, I just feel like it is. I, you I know, just... when you like, I feel like it's exactly the same when you know. Uh, it was the same for Philly. Like, just Lane Johnson goes down. You're yep. just like, well, there's just not. There's, there's nothing. No, there's there's nothing actually you nothing you there's, can do. There's no resolve. So you just hopefully he comes back sooner. And I mean, it was already. He was, he's gone from a line that already wasn't, you know, amazing. So, good luck, Lions. Yeah, uh, with you. I'm just googling whether Joe Dahl is related to uh, Roald Dahl, the uh, the author, but not related. Anyway, how not did you related. That? Sorry. Um, all right, uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, he's recovering from his surgery on his right. Oh, shoulder at the moment. Making excuses already. <laughs> he was non-committal Tuesday when asked about his availability for the straight, for the start of training camp. He said he lost 15 pounds following his surgery in January. Where's his bonus, you know? What? He had surgery, right? Um, he gained 10 to 12 pounds of it back, but he said he, he doesn't really know if he'll be back. He hasn't really thought about training camp. He said, if I'm ready for it, then great. If I'm not, that's just the way it is. So... Should should the Colts be worried about Andrew Luck's shoulder now, or is it just far too early and there's nothing else to write about? So let's just um, create mass hysteria over Andrew Luck's shoulder. Um, without yeah, without taking the piss, I think it's a little bit hyped up at the moment. Yep. 
But I agree. Um, taking the piss, I think Locke's just, you know, like if he plays bad, he can blame him on the shoulder. If he plays well, he's just like, yeah, I'm invincible. I mean, if he's... Pr- <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, as long as his book club's going strength for strength, uh, I don't really care what Andrew Luck does in the offseason. Did you know he used to play soccer and he's a big soccer fan? Wow. <laughs> Do you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to uh, Harvard? Oh, God. No, yeah. honestly, though, the Andrew Luck soccer thing comes up far too often. Like, what is it? Like, it's definitely a uh, player trope. We should get a whole list of all the ones that are often brought up in games. Antonio uh, Gates played college we've basketball. We've got to get rid of the basketball ones. They're just, they... Jimmy Graham used to play basketball. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Yeah. Brock Osweiler's 6'8". Like, that's... <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's, he's apparently 6'8". What else? Um, Tom Brady was drafted at pick 199. We get it. Like, we every it. year, Schefter tweets out, on this day. And I'm like, alright, okay. Alright, this this is a, actually a, a pretty good news piece that I kind of like. Uh, free agent running back D'Angelo Williams is expected to join Impact Wrestling. Um, he's a 34-year-old free agent and wasn't getting no interest. So he said, alright, I'm going to do something else. And now it looks like he is going to be a wrestler. Um, he's in a tag team match with a guy called Moose, who's Done. a former NFL offensive lineman, Quinn Ochinaka. Um, so apparently him and Gary Barnage rescued Moose from a, an attack in the so ring. So wait, is Barnage a wrestler as well? No, Barnage was just there as a uh, guest appearance, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if Rob Gronkowski did it, there'd be 4,000 pieces on it. But when Gary Barnage does it, it's just no one talks about it. Mm, just it. just the disrespect to Gary Barnage. Uh, so Williams is expected to compete with Moose as his tag team partner on July 2nd. Uh, Does Angelo Williams have a name? Like a, oh man, what would be his wrestling name? I don't know, but Moose and Bull. Oh, so I know, I, I know, Bullwinkle. Rocky, like and, yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle, but Moose is yeah. God, I love Rocky and Bullwinkle. You a fan? Um, no. You didn't like it? Uh, I mean, every, see now I just think of Happy Tree Friends and Friends, which is kind of I just, another dark twist on yeah. everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, In- interesting. I'm trying to think of. D'Angelo Williams' is wrestling name, but it's I don't not. know, but does he... If he doesn't have one, we should send everything we've got to I him. I mean, uh, he's pretty creative. I, I'd imagine he'd have one already. I mean, he had the Walking Dead wedding thing. Do you remember that? Yeah. That, that show's not great. Mm. Not great. Nope. No. Uh, it was on today when I was at Dad's. By the way, I played golf today for the first time in 18 months. No good? Understand why I gave it up. Uh, um, yeah, I was just dishing pizzas all day. Slice, slice, yeah. slice, nice. slice. No, that's, so. that's that's exactly my problem as well now. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I just can't. So uh, I'm playing on Sunday, uh, me and Dad. Are this is for, great. Yeah, no, we're versing uh, Brad and Nixon. Um, Unfortunately. So Dad's like, well, we need to beat them. He's like, I'm like, what's my solution? And he said, just aim left. So, <laughs> like, so from the tee, I'm just aiming like... In the next hole, right. and just hopefully it'll just slice back onto the green, mm-hmm. on, onto the uh, fairway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you have a suggestion for D'Angelo Williams' wrestling name, just tweet us at Wooten Y, and uh, we can pass that on to him. Or if you want to bypass us, you can just tweet it to him. No, definitely come through us. Come through us. I feel like D'Angelo would re- really appreciate us as being some sort of secretary for him, or you know, front office man. And we kind of filter the names. Yeah, just. Yeah, we'll only give him the good ones. Yeah. Uh, all right. I respect all your... Oh, we respect all, all the suggestions. All submissions. And we also uh, appreciate a lot of people getting involved in in the polls. And we had a whole heap last week about... Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, is there a player that you want to become a wrestler? Like t- from tomorrow? Yes. Tom Brady. Just get oh. out of the AFC. Make yeah. it interest. Make the AFC fun again. That'd be fun. No, uh... I feel like Gronk would be pretty fun, but that's an obvious choice. Yeah, um, but I think he overacts everything. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of this, though. James Harrison would be flat out scary in a wrestling He ring. looks like a wrestler yeah. now. He's got a very weird body type. He's just so top heavy. He is like three or four workout videos away from just becoming a cartoon character at this point. Like, it's True. unbelievably how. I want I want there to be um, an over 35s NFL, like, indoor comp. Kind of like the uh, NBA like, three thing, that three on three league that I yeah, keep but doing. just like, just like I want, I want an arena league with over thirty fives <sighs> NFL players. Like, imagine like Kurt Warner flinging it to Randy yeah. Moss. That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be great. I uh, mean, there'd be some fights, and that'd be awesome. Um, speaking of, uh, actually, 
I wouldn't mind seeing a couple of our Aussie punters as a tag team. <laughs> in the in the wrestling? Yeah, Jordan Berry and, and Lockie Edwards just True. teaming up. By the way, uh, Channel 10 here in Australia went on uh, into voluntary ad- administration today. Mm-hmm. And my immediate concern was Survivor, obviously. Big fan. Yeah. And I was like, wonder what's going to happen. Lockie Edwards, just out of nowhere, just tweets me. Hopefully they cancel the project. <laughs> like, <laughs> just bang on. Like, what? Yeah. What a great tweet. And then Jordan Berry, his uh, his mate Chris Boswell, the kicker mm-hmm. for the Steelers, got kicked out of the uh, the ice hockey game a couple of weeks back for banging on the glass. Like any other player, any other player, security is like, I'm not a. I know who you are, or b. I'm not messing with you because you're huge. But it's a kicker. You're out of here. Damn it. <laughs> I would have loved Jordan to be with him just with a couple of VB tinnies. Like, that would have been great. <laughs> yep. So I wouldn't mind them in a wrestling ring. I'm trying to think of anyone else, but it's just it's very tough. James Harrison does come to mind. I'm just trying to think of someone who's just physically like just imposing. Like, I mean, huge. like big guys like Will Fork and the, the likes of those guys, I think, would be, uh, yeah. I mean, but only four of them would fit in the ring, so it would be kind of just more like shuffle wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'd be very enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and they couldn't they couldn't climb up the corners. Yep, exactly. Mm. All right, I think that's I think we've uh, filibustered enough uh, at this point, and now we can uh, pretty much get Neil Dutton on the hotline bling and uh, talk some fantasy rises and falls with the great man. Hey, Neil. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's He's not here let's yet. put the bling on first, and uh, we'll we'll get him on. All right, joining us on the line is Neil Dutton. You may remember Neil from such films as previous episodes of the Wooten Wire podcast, at Rotoviz, at Fantasy Pros, at Gridiron Experts, and at NFL Girl UK. He's also one half of the Waxing Lyrical podcast, and their most recent episode speaks with a, you know, a, a coach with inside the Philadelphia Eagles organization. So he's getting the big names and. Uh, we're a big fan of Neil's, and we always seem to get him on after Australia seemed to lose to them in the cricket, but uh, just good timing on his part. But welcome, Neil Dutton. Greetings. How are we? We're good. good. I, th- I think he waits for these cricket, you know, matches to just unfold, and then he decides whether or not he's going to come, come on. on. Is that true? Well, that, that's, that's, that's why I never did any fantasy writing during the 1990s. Just in case these situations arose. While uh, Steve War and Adam Gilchrist reign supreme, Neil Dutton was just cowering in the corner. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> all right, um, all right. We've got you on the show to talk about uh, some ADP, uh, some average draft position, and we're going to sort of look at some potential risers and fallers over the next uh, month or so as training camp and OTAs hit. And, just some maybe gut feels on players that we think should rise and should fall or, or players that we don't like at their you know, current uh, draft position. So, Neil, start us off. Uh, who's your first riser? Well, the first riser is someone who was being taken quite high anyway, but due to other events is probably going to start getting taken earlier and earlier, and that's uh, Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs. Um, obviously, you know, the rookie sensation who, you know, was, you know, but was you know, yeah, I'm not going to argue. He was very good last year in limited bursts. But obviously, the Chiefs have released Jeremy Macklin, and Coach Reed has come out and said Tyreek's the number one receiver. So he's currently going in the late fourth round, and I would imagine that is going to increase because there'll be more and more puff pieces about how you know he's really becoming a true number one receiver, and everyone's forgetting that this is an Andy Reid offense, and he likes to he likes to ignore the most talented players for long stretches of time. I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see it fall, uh, rising, but for me, the player I want to own for the Chiefs, and I think the big benefactor is Travis Kelsey. I feel like he's the centerpiece. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you saw, you know, the last two years at least, uh, Reed has uh, remembered he's got him and does try and feed him. But uh, the a big downside on Kelsey, of course, is he doesn't score touchdowns, which is you know something of an annoyance. Uh, are you buying Tyreek Hill at his current value, or if he does slip into the third round, is that someone that Neil Dutton will, will like to own? No, he's, he's for me, he's too expensive as where he is now um, because you look at the past record. He's, yeah, he's put up very good uh, numbers for a gimmick player, 
but I don't really want to be taking gimmick players in the fourth round. I certainly don't want them in the third round. Um, I think his average uh, his average depth of target was something like seven yards. His average reception was eight yards. These aren't big enough numbers for me in an offense that's still going to run the ball for me to want to take anyone there. Especially as there's going to be there's going to be decent receiving options in most fancy drafts at the same time that Hill is available. So anyone else can take Hill. He's got to go. He's got to start dropping before I'm getting even the slightest bit interested. Yep. All right, Woot. Uh, who's one of your risers? All right, I'll play on the back of uh, what Neil's just said. And considering that Reed doesn't know how to use wide receivers, and Macklin has just been released, maybe he might, you know, be used adequately in Baltimore. What do you think? I think he somehow managed to downgrade quarterbacks, Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, well, but at least Joe Flacco can throw the ball deep. Yeah, he won't roll. He won't. Smith. Yeah, he won't roll the ball to him. He won't roll it all the way. Um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get far deeper targets. He's gonna you know it's just gonna be a a more explosive offense. It's it's not hard to say that considering coming from the Chiefs. But yeah, we saw the decline he had last year. Yes, he is aging, and I think we kind of have to temper expectations a little bit. We're not we can't expect you know Philadelphia days. Um, his like statistics dramatically declined last year, but at the same point, you know, the point has to be made that he's going from a team that just, you know, is one of the most, you know, below average vanilla offenses in the league to, you know, a team that's not afraid to just sling it all day. Yep. I mean, Steve Smith just played on to, I mean, I'm not comparing them as players, but yep. he played on and played on like into, you know, his late thirties where Macklin's only just hitting that stage. So... Uh, Neil, how how much uh, farther up draft boards could you see Jeremy Macklin going? He's currently going at top of the eleventh round at the moment. Oh, I think he'll he'll start climbing into around seven or eight. I mean, it's as you say, he's fallen into a, a position where he's going to get the volume because the Ravens, um, you know, the offensive coordinator Marty, Marty Moore, and we he hates running backs. He's he's made no secret of this. Um, I, I think one of them must have run over his dog or something when he was young. Um, so Macklin, you know, he's. <laughs> He's going to be the volume guy because <clears throat> Mike Wallace is a field stretcher. Brashard Pederman, you know, despite people telling me he's only 22, looks at least 40. Um, and they've lost Dennis Pitter. So, it, oh, it's it's it's, fr- it's like, are you going bald, Brashard, or is it just taking you longer to wash your face? It's it's it's, it's quite <laughs> obscene. Um, and I say, you know, Macklin, you know, they've lost Dennis Pitter. So Macklin, I think he was coming out the slot an awful lot more last year when he did play for the Chiefs. So he could fit in there. So I think if he, I mean, if you can get him in the 11th at the moment, obviously I think you're getting a bargain. But I think even if he does drop three or four rounds, I think it's still decent value. Yeah, I'm going to uh, link all of ours together. We've gone from uh, the Chiefs to Macklin and, and who's gone to the Ravens. My rise is Denny Woodhead. Um, I feel like... He's in a really perfect position here in this Ravens offense. And maybe Jeremy Macklin might eat into some of those targets that I was expecting Denny Woodhead to get. But, you know, it was pretty clear that they wanted a Denny Woodhead style of running back to to be in their offense. You know, they lost Carl Yusick, who, uh, who had 37 receptions last year on about 50 targets. And they passed the ball a hell of a lot to Kenneth Dixon and Terrace Terrence West with 64 receptions. So there's a lot of pass-catching opportunity for Denny Woodhead in this offense in terms of uh, Joe Flacco dumping the ball off to a running back. And I just feel like where Denny Woodhead's going right now, in a PPR league especially, I feel like he's so undervalued. And I think as the uh, as the offseason rolls on and Kenneth Dixon suspended for four weeks, I think Denny Woodhead right now in round seven is, is a bargain. I, f- I feel like he's going to have RB1, RB2 weeks, at least for three or four weeks um, to start the season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing as well, when Woodhead's been fit, you know, the last few years uh, for San Diego, he get not only does he get an awful lot of targets, we know this, he gets an awful lot of targets and carries in the red zone. Um, now, obviously, this is somewhere that, you know, the, the Ravens did falter somewhat last year, which is why, you know, Justin Tucker's probably their best fantasy option, go, you know, <laughs> going forward. Um, but Woodhead, you know, he's... Totally different type of back. Obviously, you know he's you know he's more of a wide receiver who plays running back. Um, he, he and does have a nose for the uh, for the end zone. I think it was a couple of years ago he had six receiving touchdowns. Yeah, I'll take that. I say seventh round. You're starting to get if you go. <coughs> excuse me. If you adopt the zero RB philosophy, you know you've taken your receivers. Now you're going to start looking for your running backs. That's a perfect spot for Danny Woodhead. Yep. And speaking of the seventh round, another riser you have is going in a very similar position. Is that Mr. Perkins? Yes. 
this is this is more um, you know um, Paul Perkins is you know is the best running back on the Giants. That's a bit like saying I'm the best singer in One Direction. It doesn't really mean anything. You know, you, you're just better than the rest. <laughs> you may upset um, Josh with said, comments like that. He I, I, is I, a big Harry Styles fan. I'm a big Harry fan. He's my he's my boy. Do you know there's um, there's there's a film coming out uh, soon, uh, Dunkirk. You know, yep. it's about obviously the, uh, the evacuation Dunkirk with Harry Styles in it. Yep. Um, and um, some some teeny boppers on Twitter said, "Oh, Harry looks gorgeous in this film. I hope he sings. Please go and le- learn about what Dunkirk was about. I don't think he's going to be singing. <laughs> if he does break out into a ballot, that would be uh, a t- absolutely yeah. <laughs> and yeah. surprise. As, as the little boats carry them to safety and he starts singing, that's because you're beautiful. I can't imagine it fitting." <laughs> with the tenor of the film um as i say paul perkins he's you know he got he got an awful lot more use last year didn't score any touchdowns i think he was one of the few rookie running backs in the last five years to have at least 100 carries and not visit the end zone so that's encouraging um the giants have said you know he's he's going to be an every down back well that's because for most you know most formations you at least have to have a running back they don't run the ball they're going to play three wide receivers so it's just a question of i think it's going to be i say it's going to be puff pieces who talk up oh he's got real third down ability and people are going to buy into it and think oh but you know Eli Eli's going to have Odell double covered and he's going to have Marshall double covered and people are going to start forgetting that teams don't have 22 defenders and can't double cover everyone um, but Perkins, I think, will start to creep up again. You know, if people are taking zero RB, he might start going a couple of rounds earlier. Not that I would advertise wanting to do it. Hmm. Out of those two guys, I'll start with you, Josh. But Danny Woodhead or Paul, or Paul Perkins, who are you buying more stock in right now? Who would you rather? Um, I would rather Woodhead. Yep. At um at this point in time, only because yeah, like you said, I, I was I was high on Paul Perkins last year. Missed out on him, and I was kind of lucky to miss out on him because, like Neil said, didn't score a touchdown. Just, you know, a really, you know, dud year. Yep. Um, yeah, and plus, with the addition of Brandon Marshall and things like that, I just don't see. Yeah, I don't see them going uh, in on the. Yeah, blah blah blah. I don't see them using the ground game like another season once again. It's just it doesn't seem like that's a viable option. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming you agree, Neil. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd take what I, you know. I'd take what I'd, I'd, I'd probably take a bag of spoons over Paul Perkins, to be honest. But certainly, given the choice, I'd rather have Woodhead. Yep, of course. All right, Woot. Uh, who's your next riser? Well, your last riser, Danny Woodhead, you said was one of the NFL's premier pass-catching running backs. Yep. And mine is yet to take a snap, so we can't put him in that category. But he has all the makings of, you know, being the next, you know, Danny Woodhead. 2.0. 2.0. How about the white running back love here today? Woo. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> the, is there any others? I'm trying to think. Oh, James White, I guess. But <laughs> anyway. Terrible. Bad joke. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he, he's something that Cam Newton hasn't had before. He's just... And, like, a team doesn't draft a running back that high with that much hype and everything like that to not use him immediately. And it's an upgrade on Stewart, who has been declining slowly, slowly, and not as rapidly as we thought, but, you know, slowly but surely. And I know that McCaffrey is a different running back and he's going to be able to play out of the slot, but I just see him doing everything. I see him getting more and more carries as the year go on, and he's going to be an every down back. And, yeah, just his feet and pass-catching ability is just, you know, it's nothing else out, like nothing like anything else in the NFL except maybe Danny Woodhead. And we spoke to Ed McCaffrey, hum- humble brag, and he was really, really excited about uh, Christian McCaffrey's potential. I just think he's going to be a guy that, like, in shorts and shirts at minicamp and OTA, is just going to flash so much when he finally gets a chance to get on the field, and I feel like he's just going to rise and rise and rise and rise, like he did in the in the NFL draft. Uh, and as, yep. as well, we have to remember um, in the you know the whole mini, in, in this current uh, stretch of the off season, um, Cam Newton's not going to be throwing, so there's a good chance that you know obviously they're going to give the reps to you know backup quarterbacks like Derek Anderson, and he's obviously not going to look impressive. So any work that uh, McCaffrey does do, you know, is going to look impressive by comparison to how poor the quarterback play is. So obviously that's going to that's going to feed into his uh, his hype tree, as it were. 
I could not agree more. Uh, my last riser is Willie Sneed. So I've gone with a Woodhead and a Willie here as a riser. Very t- controversial choices. Um, very topical. Um, but I just think Willie Sneed, I don't understand why he's where he's going right now. He's currently going as the uh, in, sorry, round six, end of round six, early round seven at 73 right now among uh, in ADP among uh, he's 32nd among wide receivers in ADP despite finishing as wide receiver 32 last year with Brandon Cooks on his team so there's 117 targets 78 receptions and a thousand yards to to be distributed elsewhere with this Saints team and Snead's floor should be wide receiver 32 I don't understand why he's going so low I feel like he should be going a lot higher, and I feel like he will go a lot higher. I feel like Michael Thomas is getting overdrafted and Willie Sneed's being underdrafted. I feel like the gap between those two should get a little bit smaller because we'll see Breeze. He likes to share the ball around. He never just funnels it through one person. So I feel like uh, Willie Sneed's definitely going to rise, and I'll be taking him all day if he's there in round six. Um, I feel like he's very much undervalued. Uh, Neil, agree, disagree? Oh, couldn't agree more. It's as you say, I mean, he was efficient last year. He was efficient the year before that. Brandon Cooks is gone. Um, as you say, Breeze wants to you know, spread it around. Everyone's talking up how good Michael Thomas is. Well, if we know that, I'm sure NFL defensive coordinators might have an idea as well. So they're going to try and you know, limit what he can do. Sneed is, you know, as he's, at that value is an absolute steal. Because the, the Re, Breeze has shown he can prop up multiple pass catches in fantasy. He doesn't show any signs of slowing down. So, it's, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to know how high it'd have to be before I started thinking about Snead and saying, mm, that's too expensive, because I think he's an absolute bargain. Yeah, I, I'm looking at, like, some of the receivers going in round five, and it's, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, Brandon Marshall, Golden Tate, Martavis Bryant. I think he should be in that tier. I, th- I feel like he should be in that group. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if 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 he starts scoring a few more touchdowns, and that'd be great. That's the one big thing he'd have over Golden Tate, anyway. Yeah, I could not agree more. All right, start us off uh, with some uh, plays you expect uh, or think their uh, ADP should fall, Neil. Well, well, this is a wonderful job of linking in. We'll stay with the Saints, and I think the people. I mean, Mark Ingram at the moment is going in the early sixth round, but I think the good folks of New Orleans and all the beat writers are going out of their way to say how good Adrian Peterson is and how he's, you know, he's going to wait till he's thirty-two to learn to be a pass catcher. And this is obviously going to affect Ingram. He's going to people are going to buy in because it's Adrian Peterson, and for some reason, Sean Payton, Payton hates Mark Ingram. You know, it's it's evident he never you you know he, he never gets the best out of him. England's going to keep falling and falling, and ultimately people are going to get a bargain because I don't think Peterson's Adrian Peterson anymore, and I certainly don't think he's going to wait till this stage in his career to turn into Marshall Falk in the receiving game. Yeah, he he said today that he, he thinks that playing with Drew Pre- Drew Brees will make him a better pass catcher. I don't understand how Drew Brees can suddenly make his hands uh, magically catch balls better. I, I, I don't understand that at all. Fairly strange. All right, Woot, uh, who's your faller? <clears throat> all right, my first faller is playing on the back of my other riser. Um, my faller is Brashad Perryman, who we just mentioned has, you know, we're not sure if he's washed his face. Was that was that the correct? Washed his face or going bald? Going bald. Um, you would have said, though, that after the draft that Steve Smith retiring yeah. and, you know, he, he was in a pretty decent position. But then, ever since the Macklin acquisition, and yeah, I just the Macquisition, the Macquisition. All right, see cool. what I did there. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Uh, yeah, no, it it now things look dire for him. I mean, he had he had a horrible, obviously, rookie season with the with the injury and things like that. So, and then it's just it's just never it's just not coming together for him at the moment. And I mean, he's going to have to really work hard to you know establish himself in the NFL now. But I think. If people were looking at him for a bargain, I think now with the the Macquisition, it's not it's you know it's not nearly as optimistic. You can't be nearly as optimistic drafting him and hoping that something's going to un- like you know work out for you with Macklin in town. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. And he was really rising, so it's really just like a it's a complete three hundred and sixty in terms of his value. Uh, just flipping on a on a whim there. Uh, my faller is Spencer Ware. He's currently going in round four at the moment. Um, as as early as sort of pick three in, in round four. I, I just feel like Kareem Hunt's presence and a lackluster end to uh, to the season loom large for 
for Spencer Ware, and I, I just feel like his ADP is going to slide a little bit as Kareem Hunt flushes in camp and, and does things that impresses uh, you know uh, beat writers and scouts and, and whatnot, and I feel like his value could uh, fall a little bit. I'm not comfortable taking him where he is at the moment, but if he can fall around into the 50s, I think that's probably his appropriate value, um, that they do prefer a committee in, in Kansas City. Thoughts on our two first, our first two fallers, and then give us your last uh, faller, Neil. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, I think you know where you know at times he looked very good last season, but then he did falter down the stretch. Um, Reed, as I say, I, don't be wrong. I love big a big red, but you know, God, he infuriates me. Um, he's going to mix in, you know, Shark Hendrick West. He's going to have you know the uh, the boy Hunt in. They've got you know Alex Smith is still mobile to an extent. He's still going to you know mix it in with the, with the runs when he can. It's a bit of a messy situation, but I think as you say, if where continues to drop. He could offer some value. Just at the moment, he's a little bit too high for me as well. And Perryman's just old, so um, he's I, I, he could keep falling. I'm, I'm, I'm having none. I'm having none of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who is and, your um, second faller? And my second faller is someone that, again, and this is just basically, um, I think people buy into what the beat uh, the beat writers saying, and that's Carlos Hyde. Um, you know, people coming in, you know, some people said, oh, he could be a perfect fit for Shanahan. Other people saying he's a terrible fit. You know, we know he doesn't catch the ball. Um, but, you know, this, this whole idea, you know, that Kyle Shanahan pounded the table for Joe Williams seems to be, you know, seems to really, really be helping uh, Williams's case. You know, he's a fifth round rookie, but apparently he's going to unseat one of the more efficient uh, backs last year. Um, just because Shanahan's apparently, you know, this wizard, he can put anyone behind his offensive lines and get production from them. Lovely story if it's true. I'm not sure it is. Um, so Hyde at the moment is a late third round, but I wouldn't be surprised if he starts dropping towards the fourth or fifth. Yeah, everyone everyone seems to be drawing like Tevin Coleman, Joe Williams comparisons. And I know that's probably going to affect Hyde's stock, but Devontae Freeman was still productive even with Tevin Coleman. So... Um, if he's there in the fourth round, for me, I, I, f- I still think that his value is appropriate, but uh, I can definitely agree and see many people being bought in by the uh, the San Francisco beat, uh, you know, dropping his stock a little. You want me to go? Yep. Sure. <laughs> uh, I love that time delay. It just it makes everything sync so well. It makes it very awkward at times, too, because I don't know if Neil's going to speak. I don't know. I just stare into Wise's eyes, and then he just, you know, gives me the wink. I know yeah. to go. Um, all right, my my uh, second faller is Frank Gore. Um, so Frank Gore currently is in his 11th season as a starter in fantasy, which is just insane. And every single season we say, where's the cliff? Is it, you know, is it this season? I feel it's safe for him to be the starter again this season. Is that, you agree? What, yeah, why, yeah, Colts yeah. fan? Yeah, he, 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 he's definitely the starter. So wait, how old is he now? 34? I want to say 34. He is, I think, nearly 35 at this point. All right. I will let you know. Well, He's 34 years old. I mean, he finished the season last year with you know quite low numbers. So I'm not going to. Uh, I don't. The, I don't. I can't see a bounce back in sight. Um, even though they they drafted what's his name? Was it Mac? Marlon Mac. Mac. That's it. And then I don't think that. Um, he, the, with the recent acquisition of Christian Michael as well, who they're also rolling the dice with. They're seeing if they can get anything out of him. Who's pr- it's probably his last stop. Agree? Yeah. Christian Michael. It's uh, in terms of uh, yeah, last vying chip. for valuable snaps. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, who knows? Like, Colts are a weird team. Colts are a weird team with the players they pick. And, you know, just as soon as you think someone's going well, they cut him. And, you know, if you think someone's not doing anything good, they'll keep him around for a while. Yeah. Jorn Werner. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, f- like Christian Michael and Marlon Mack are, are two guys that can really flash in camp and, and practice seven on sevens, like, especially Michael. Like He's mm. always been a, a, a darling for, for media early on in the season, and that won't bode well for Frank Gore, but... Man, he still just gets—he's still good for a thousand, nearly a thousand yards every year. Like it's pretty incredible. But do like do you go into the season drafting him, feeling comfortable that he's gonna be be like you know a consistent point scorer for your fantasy team? I just can't see it. I just don't think any one game you can you know hang your hat on it thinking that he's going to explode. You just there's just never a game like that with Frank Gore. Where if you know Christian Michael or Mac was starting, you'd feel yeah. 
I, I still feel like, yeah, his values are right at, in the eighth round, uh, I think. Like, you're not drafting him to be a running back one or anything. You're, sure. you're using him as a flex or a rotation. When, when you back. get to the when you get to the eighth, eighth round, though, yep. I've, I feel like I've already had I've already got two running backs solid. Yep. And I'm like I'm drafting upside wide receivers, tight ends, or quarterbacks, yep. and the running backs will be a two round, three round later. Okay, so I'm looking at the round eight running backs, and Neil, I'll get your thoughts on this. Uh, Frank Gore, we got Latavius Murray, uh, Rob Kelly, Samaj Perine. Theo Riddick. Uh, what, out of those running backs, who do you prefer? I'm taking Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore will live forever. I mean, he, he, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the beat writers, the coaches, they can keep keep talking about Christian Michael, please. Keep saying how much Marlon Mack is you know, taking to the system. That's great. Push Gore down as far as you can, and he'll still outperform them because that's what Frank Gore does. Um, I, I, I did an MFL turn the other day and got him in the 18th round. Yes, please. I will take that all day, okay. every day. We'll see. That's that when just, you draft yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 18th yeah. round is ridiculous. Okay, well, say say everything's going to plan. ADP is very accurate in your draft. Are you drafting any of those running backs in the 8th round? Of those running backs, I'll, I will take Gore and I will take Riddick. The others are uh, uh, question marks, especially um, uh, Fat Rob and P. Ryan, because I'm not entirely sure... You know how that system is going to play out in Washington. Fat yeah. Rob, I'm not very confident in. He's season. not so fat anymore, guys. He's <laughs> lost some weight. Come on, be nice. Yeah, um, hanging out with Eddie. He's not so fat, Rob Kelly. Now, uh, all right. My last faller before we let uh, Neil get back to uh, work, and we do appreciate you for uh, spending your valuable uh, lunch to hour with us. Uh, mine's Giovanni Bernard, and uh, one of the best. Uh, you know beat writers in the land, Jeff Hobson, who works for the Bengals.com. So he doesn't need to get clicks. He's not trying to get, achieve anything. He hinted that the Bengals may, you know, uh, be without Giovanni Bernard. He might be held out for a, for a couple of games to start the season. And for me, if you're giving Joe Mixon the chance to get on the field um, and, and, and impress on passing downs and maybe, you know, rotate with Jeremy Hill, who's been unimpressive and, and just border, borderline disappointing... Uh, if you give Joe Mixon three games to really show that he's a legit three-down back who has just incredible attributes, you ain't going to get much of a rollback when you get back. Um, and I feel like Giovanni Bernard now, um, if I'm I'm not taking him anywhere before sort of like round 14 or 15 at this point, and he's going in the in the 12th round, uh, I don't want a bar of Giovanni Bernard that early given that he may lose his, uh, his spot to Joe Mixon before uh, week four. I, I mean, I personally, I wouldn't mind taking him, you know, at current age, but probably a couple of rounds earlier because, I mean, as much as Mixon's been hyped up, he is still a rookie. And, you know, ultimately the only other compensation for the rookie is a, I'm trying to be polite, waste of space uh, in Jeremy Hill. So I think, you know, if Mixon is less than impressive, and certainly, you know, the good thing that Bernard does offer is the pass-catching ability, he's always going to be a decent other option there. So yep. if he, if, if again, he's another one, if he falls to the 14th or 15th, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, you know, I'll snap, uh, snap your hands off to get him. Um, but I would be comfortable taking him a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, I just can't. I, I, I really like Joe Mixon's tape. Um, I, I think he's, you know, on film, on the field, is an amazing talent. So... It's hard to sort of stash Gio Bernard for a month on your roster, but if you can, it, obviously it has, it is worth it. But I'd, I'd rather just take Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon's going to start rising to a point where maybe he's just getting a little too high for comfort. I agree. Yeah. All right, uh, Woot. Any last questions for Neil before we let him on? Um, um, off into the night. Any any polarizing players or anything you want to? No, I want to. I want to bring up last time he was on the pod. I can't remember. The uh, the toast stale bread thing. What was that again? I feel like we address this every time. Do you he, remember? This? It was to do with around the NFL. I'll let I'll let uh, Neil address it. It was a it was a difference of opinion. <clears throat> excuse me. I had with um, handsome Hank uh, of, of NFL. He said that you, you couldn't get pretzels in England, and I was on the Damashek show, and I said you can get them. They're plentiful. So he was sort with oh, okay. But my but my question is, why would you want them? They taste like stale bread. And I said, well, I actually like stale bread. And it, it went from there, <laughs> really, and because because I do, weirdly. Yep, there we go. There you go. Handsome Hank kind of has a John Hamm vibe. Yeah, I get that. Oh, God, yeah, I can see that. He looks like John Hamm. I saw a photo of him in the baseball the other day with the heroes from around the NFL. I was like, why are they the baseball with John Hamm? And then I looked close. I was like, oh, that's Handsome Hank. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Uh, all right, Neil. Uh, it's not just a clever name. That's right. It's, a, it's an adequate and appropriate nickname. Uh, Neil, please plug uh, any of your work and and things. I did mention it at the top of the show, but any pieces or particular work you want to uh, lead our viewers to, and uh, thanks for your time again. That's a pleasure as always. I say any of my work, please read it. It's all awesome. Um, so, you know, you can find me uh, at Rotaviz, Gridan Experts, uh, Fancy Pros, and obviously on the uh, Waxing Lyrical podcast with my partner in crime, Mainzy. Yep. Beautiful. Don't forget Mainzy. Neil Dutton, have a, uh, a great day, and uh, we'll talk again after England and Australia clash in a sporting event. Oh, that'll, that'll be wonderful. All right, big thanks to Neil Dutton for joining the show, and that wraps up uh, today's pod. How long has it been since Hotline Bling even... Out. I mean, it's a crazy intro. I know I'm going back about 20 odd minutes now, but uh, it's been a while. Uh, he won a lot of Billboard awards for that album, and rightly so. I mean, it's a it's, great song. It's a, it, it's a banger. It, it holds up well. Uh, anyway, so big thanks to Neil. I hope you uh, you enjoyed plenty of those uh, fantasy uh, nuggets. Uh, some some good information. What other word is there for nuggets? Nugs. Nugs. Fantasy nugs. There we go. Gems. Gems. I love potato gems. Mashies. Big fan. Oh, bring back mashies. <laughs> fantasy mashies. Oh, KFC. <laughs> KFC brought back fantasy mashies. <laughs> Write that down. That's a future segment. Uh, fantasy mashies. Brought to you by... <laughs> KFC Australia. <laughs> who won't bring back mashies, but will endorse fantasy mashies. <laughs> because mashies are a fantasy. <laughs> God, where do we go from here? I, I, I honestly don't know. But uh, That was one of your most stupid uh, things I've ever said in my life. But they brought back hot rods. Fan or not fan? I don't know. Explain what a hot rod is. They're like zinger, pe- zinger kebabs. They're, just on a hey, they're too hot for me. You know, there's Josh, oh, has, yeah. Josh Wood has you know, a very low threshold when it comes to spicy or hot foods. Yeah, uh, I don't understand that at all. Chili's the best. Chili is the best. Do you like jalapenos? Yes. You do? Yes. Not too many. I love the I smell of it, but I can't even eat it because yeah, of, you know. You like the smell weakness. of saunas and jalapenos, but don't want a bar of them. Do you like capsicum? Yes. Or peppers, as they call it in the States. Yeah, big fan. Right. Uh, okay. And I had one last question, and I've completely gone. Oh, you don't like tomato either. So. Tomatoes, right. So what do you put on if you don't have tomato or jalapenos or capsicum? What do you put on like a fajita? I have capsicum. Or? No, capsicum. Oh, you like fine. capsicum. Capsicum is oh. my favorite vegetable. We're good. Strange favorite vegetable. Red capsicum. It's fair. I yeah. probably would rank capsicum red number one. Red, yellow, green. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Like so, from ripeness to so like a traffic light <laughs> almost. Yeah. Yeah. Except okay. we want to see green in that case. Green's yeah. our favorite, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You follow can follow me Woot. At Woot, etc. And you can follow the show at Woot and Why. And you can listen on Audio Boom, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on you can, on Radio Hub as well. Please like like us on Facebook, The Woot and Why Show. That's yep. it. Peace. Bring back mashies. Bring back mashies.